be here. You make me hang up there alone? Sorry, bro. Auditions at three. I'm a laser. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey. Another awesome episode in store for you guys today. Episode 8 of Season 3, The Release. I was so happy to have my former director of content and good friend David C. Ruff on. David is one of the founding members of Washed Media. Wash Media has a great slew of podcasts that you guys should definitely check out. Will DeFreeze, who we had on for Dominated earlier in the season, he and Dave make up two of the three hosts of the very popular Circling Back podcast. Definitely recommend you check it out. It's three guys in Austin, Texas, shooting the shit, talking about things like The Bachelor and Bachelorette and their daily lives. I was fortunate enough to be an early guest on an early iteration of their podcast. This was a good conversation. Unlike other guests we've had on recently, Dave did his homework. He had answers for all the categories, which was important. And it was great. It was like two old friends getting back together to have a conversation. I've podcasted with Dave before. We mentioned it at the top of the episode, but Dave was one of the founding members of postgradproblems.com, and I was one of the very early writers for postgradproblems.com, and it was actually Dave who greenlit me hosting the first podcast I hosted, a little dating podcast called Don't Date It From Us. So awesome, awesome episode this week. Great characters show up. Terrence, Billy Walsh, Babs Miller, Dave and I threw it back. We talked about Spencer's gifts, G-Unit sneakers, and he actually kind of gave me some insight into what negotiating a contract like Ari, Terrence, and Babs do was really like. If you guys haven't, please follow the social accounts at Oh Yeah Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to listen to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah music playlist and follow Wash Media. All the stuff they're doing down there. Really, really happy to see those guys succeeding. Looking forward to potentially creating more content with them in the future. Hope everyone had a great week. Everyone in the Southeast stayed safe from Hurricane Dorian. Next week, the boys head to Vegas. Iconic Entourage episode. I'm still in the process of locking down a desk for that, but it's supposed to be a big one if all things fall into place. So stay tuned for that. Without further ado, let's dive in. My guest this week is one-third of the co-hosting trio of the very popular Circling Bat podcast, Brought to you by Washed Media. Welcoming to the podcast, my good friend and former director of content all the way from Austin, Texas, David Ruff. Man, I forgot I directed content. I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Were you editor-in-chief as well? Yeah, I, mean, I kind of was, but like, it wasn't that formal because it, was it was just like an angsty millennial blog, so I don't think we ever got <laughs> that far. But hey, I'll, I'll take the, uh, the title if you want to give it to me. And you know what? I'll give you a ton of credit because uh, for listeners who may not be familiar, Dave was the first guy to give me like a good, a good solid chance of writing on the internet. And after a year of doing that, I said, hey, I'd love to start a podcast. So you kind of gave me the green light to host a dating podcast for that millennial blog two, three years ago. So Dave, if it weren't for you, the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Entourage podcast would not exist. Man, that means a lot. Uh, I will say before we get into it, like I, I'm very happy to see what you've done in, your, in, in a post post PGP world, what, what you're doing and what like uh, Kyle Banduho and some of the other guys are doing. It's, it's pretty cool to see. I'm, I'm happy everybody's still doing content in some fashion. Thanks, content dad. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Entourage today. Are you pumped? I have to tell you, I am, uh, I'm genuinely excited. I was, I was, I was a little bit like, I was like, I hadn't watched it in forever. And I was worried that 
when I went back, it was just not going to hit the same way. But watching it, watching it last night, like uh, it was fun. It was fun. I had a few beers in me, and uh, I was Perfect. very excited. Hopefully Budweisers, because that's all the boys drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no smug Austin IPAs, only Budweisers. All right, all right. Well, before we dive into this week's episode, episode eight of season three, the release, tell me about your relationship with the show. When did you start watching it? Did you watch it all the way through? What was your overall opinion of it? Well, I think I, I think it was just during my one of my first few years at college. I, I did the five year thing, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I we watched it in college, and it was it was one of those uh, must see shows where the guys got together and watched it. <laughs> um, yeah, that and like the OC. We were those, oh, yeah. those were like our shows. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I watched the entire thing and we were big fans. We probably were those guys in like the dining hall over quoting it and just everybody hated <laughs> us. But isn't that interesting that like there was no other show that brought guys together like this show? And that's why every Monday morning we talked about it because I miss that. I miss that camaraderie, don't you? Yeah, honestly. I, there's there's really not I mean, I guess I, I watch a lot of T V with my wife now, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's different. I, it is that a little just different. hits different. It, uh, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> My wife falls asleep like very early, so I, I'm stuck sitting there. <laughs> oh, forgot you're a married guy now. Congrats, man. Oh, thanks, Dave. All right, well, let's dive in. So, the release aired on Sunday, July 30th, 2006. Just two days previously, or two days prior, on Friday, July 28th, actor and Oscar winning director Mel Gibson is arrested after speeding on the Pacific Coast Highway due to a DUI. Dibson told the arresting officer, My life is over, I'm fucked. And then he climaxed with the words, Fucking Jews. The Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. Are you a Jew? (laughs) After the arrest report was leaked on TMZ.com, Dibson had to issue two apologies. He pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor drunken driving charge, was sentenced to three years probation, and his controversial statements resulted in him being blacklisted in Hollywood for almost a decade. He was muted. He was muted in Hollywood, but not canceled, because he's back. 100%. Yeah, he is back with a vengeance, but I remember that, man. I remember the mud shot. I remember the, like, the clip of him going viral on, like, a very early TMZ.com. You know, you probably have to dial up to watch it, but talked about a fall from grace. Usually the, the uh, like, time capsule stuff that I do is a little bit more positive, but that happened that weekend, and it was, like, making all the news, so... Well- Oh, well. He had that moment, and then, like, I don't know if it was a few years later when the, the girl he was dating, she released some audio, some phone calls. Uh, yeah. And it's just, he just, I didn't, I think as people didn't realize how much of a psycho the guy was. Um, they knew he had some weird views, but, like, geez, dude. I know. Take it down a notch. He has, I think, but at the same time, you see him now, and you're like, all right, you're still crazy. Yeah, for sure. Let's do a quick recap of this week's episode before we dive into the categories. So in the wake of the record-breaking Aquaman, Queens Boulevard is picked up for wide release. Vince and E's joy at the news is quickly muted when they learn the film has been recut and colorized. Drama lands an audition for Ed Burns, but he loses his laser-sharp focus on the role after a series of distractions fan the flames of his notorious temper. He misses the audition, and after briefly contemplating anger management classes, he takes a call from Burns. He missed the audition, too, and offers the did to drama no audition necessary. The heads of the major talent agencies are on to Ari's bid plans, and they ambush him five-family style at a restaurant. When Ari comes clean, Terrence announces that he plans plans to spend $50 million in legal fees to avoid paying him the $11 million sum that they negotiated. All looks lost until Barbara Miller, who the woman who led Ari into the ambush, 
offers to buy into his new agency. After a quick negotiation, the Miller Gold agency is announced. But Ari's agency troubles have kept him from attending to his star client, and when he shows up at Vince's press event, he's in for a surprise. Quote, the movie I loved, you will never see, Vince announces to the gathered cameras. These execs ripped out its soul. David, what was your favorite moment from this episode? <sighs> wow. Um... You can have moments, multiple if you want. So I heard a kombucha reference in this episode, which I didn't even know that was a thing in 2006. I shouldn't be shocked because, you know, it, it is L.A., it's California. I feel like you guys out there are a little bit ahead of us. Um, yep. But when I heard that, I was like, wait, what? Because like, I just found out about kombucha like three years ago. Walsh, what is this, your house? No, I'm house-sitting for my girls' folks. They made a fortune off ginseng and kombucha drinks. They won't let us see a dime of it, though. I'm just praying they drop dead before they raise the estate tax. How are you, Vince? Good, good. I'm sure at the time I didn't even know what that was. It's a pretty genius line, like, looking back. <laughs> like, that's, that's good writing. I love that. I love any Billy Walsh stuff. We'll talk about Billy Walsh as the episode goes on. I loved just the sit-down with, like, the five heads of the agencies, the meeting of the five families. Greetings, Ari. <clears throat> Always knew that you liked dick babs. I just didn't know you were a cocksucker. Please, join us. Like a meeting of the five families. Maybe I should have had a gun taped up in the bathroom stall. Look, all the majors are here. CAA, UTA, ICM, Endeavor, William Morris. Who the fuck invited APA? Quick bit of trivia. All of those people at the table are the real heads of those actual agencies in that scene. Really? That's... Entourage, Entourage was doing it big, man. This is the peak of the show. Everyone wanted to be involved. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I did not know that. I really, uh, you asked for favorite moments. Pretty much, when Drama realizes he missed the audition, and he just and he just chunks his lines in the air. You're driving like a snail. I, I, I could run faster than this. All right, you know what? We're here. Go get him. I'm 20 minutes late. So run! reiterate something that I've always known that drama is just like a one of the great characters from from that decade like oh 100% from that era like he's so over the top but so perfect he's so like tragic because he wants so badly to be accepted to be loved to be successful but he's so flawed and watching him fail over and over again at least for the past three seasons as we have like has been quite the entertaining ride we're very close to drama hitting a bid on this TV show, which we're happy for. And then he's and then he's on that show for like three seasons of Entourage, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's uh he's someone that like our, I could remember like in college, like we were we were big fans. We were over quoting drama lines. Any other favorite moments from the episode? We can move on. Uh, just watching him get get the car towed after the meltdown in the <laughs> coffee shop was just like it came. This whole episode, like I immediately it immediately came back to me. And I was like, yep. dude, I almost remember like where I was sitting when this, you know, just random episode of Entourage uh, went down when I watched it for the first time. Yeah, yeah that was a great In moment. 2006. That's awesome. So every week, Dave, we talk about our favorite bros being bros moments. Bro, not really in the like connotation that 2019 has it as, but really just like those moments of male friendship that are shown in the show. Any bros being bros moments jump out at you from this episode? Yeah, th this one was tough, but I think... Uh, I think Tur when, when Turtle goes in and tries to defuse the coffee shop situation... Yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And I'm afraid I'm going to have to say no. Because I ain't going anywhere till I get my free cup of coffee. 
Jesus Christ, Drummer, what the fuck? They discontinued my free coffee card. Listen, pal, buy the lousy $3 cup of coffee. You really want to get involved in this dickhead? Drummer, come on, come on. You don't need any more coffee. You're wired up enough as it is. You only got 15 minutes to get to Ed Burns. Fuck it. Fuck all of you. I'm gonna go get me a pirate. Their dynamic was always really funny for me. Uh, so I think just him driving drama, you know, trying to get him to the uh, audition. audition. Yeah, sorry. I thought that was I thought that was funny. That was uh, those guys. You know, they got a good bond. You know what's interesting about the dynamic between drama and Turtle? Uh, Jerry Ferrara and Tevin Dillon, I think their age difference is like a good 15 to 17 years. So it, or in these early seasons, it's legitimately like an adult man and like a young kid. And the dynamic is just perfect. It's just this like antagonistic, you know, push-pull comedy gold. And uh, you forget, you just forget that watching the show. And uh, they're really good friends in real life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a good moment in the coffee shop. I had another moment, which was right before that, where, you know, drama gets the parking ticket. They pull up to the house, and he's like, I'm going to go down to City Hall and make that guy's day a living hell. And it's Vince, actually. Vince has really come through with the bros being bros moments, but he says to drama, Forget about him. Come on, you're nervous. You always get uptight when you have something big. You don't have to be. You can get this if you stay focused. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. You're right, bro. Thanks. He kind of diffuses drama a little bit, and like that's what a good brother or half brother should do. And drama's like, yeah, you're right. You know, let, let's just head west, grab a cup of coffee, and be on time for this thing, which foreshadowing doesn't happen. Right. That's a man. That's a that's a really good answer, Jr. You do this for a living. <laughs> I must I must do this ten to fifteen hours a week. <laughs> that's what that's what this must be for me. Uh, what was your least favorite moment from the episode, Dave? Man, I I don't know how this. This quote, what I'm about to say is going to age, but like, I think anything that has to do with Billy for me is just such a beating. Like, really? I was not a fan of his character. Like, oh man, his dynamic with E always kind of wore on me because it was just, it was the same thing. I felt like for like two seasons, maybe even longer, listening to Billy, I don't call E a suit and talk about the suits, like that. I'm just like, dude, I, I remember like hating this in 2006. Wow. Yeah. Sign the injunction with me and they'll know we ain't fucking around. What do you think, E? I think we should call Ari. One suit, two suit, three suit, four. Look, Billy, I'm with you, all right? But we have to talk to somebody first before we just sign an injunction. Can't afford to be pissing off another studio right now. Pussy. Asshole. All right, guys, chill. Billy hadn't made an appearance in like five or six episodes. This was the first time seeing him in a while. And even though you haven't seen him in 13 years, he just immediately wore on you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what that says about me, but no, fair enough. <laughs> maybe I see some Billy in myself, and that's really what this <laughs> is. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just I remember like being like kind of beaten down with that character. Um, his whole, you know, he, I, I know that there's guys out there that like are like this, directors and writers, and uh -huh. are, are true to the art. But I was like, dude, this is so over the top. Yeah, I always enjoyed Billy, but in. The later seasons, especially when he did to the Medean season where he's like one of the main cast members and he's kind of going crazy over this like director's cut and the script and stuff, it, it he becomes too much. So you might also be remembering that, that like he kind of sticks around for too long. I think you're right. I think that's what this is. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the show in season eight, he comes back, he's sober, he's like found God, he's married, and then he writes a TV show for drama, which we'll be talking about in about two years when I get to those episodes. <laughs> Pencil me in, please. 
One of my least favorite moments from this episode was the entire sit-down with, like, the studio people about Tween's Boulevard. It's Vince, it's E, and it's this female and male executive who are talking about, like, why the movie should be in color. And what these test scores tell us is that black and white is depressing. People want color. Why have those eyes if people can't see them, Vince? They uh, might as well be brown. I didn't make this movie to show off my eye coloring. Vince, you not only look great in the movie, you are great in the movie. And with this version, we will attract a much broader audience. And isn't that what making movies is all about? Well, actually, I mean, it's an art film. The only way you know it's good is if most people hate it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, we are not in the business of having people hate our movies. I just didn't love it because it's very, you know, it's supposed to be a statement about Hollywood. Like, Vince and E are like, no, we want it to be released as is. Like, it's an expression of us. It's an expression of Vince's acting. And they're like, no, people want color. Show off those eyes. We are not in the business of having people hate our movies. Like, they're kind of these, like, nameless, almost faceless, like, you know, suits who are trying to, like, destroy their vision, which, I don't know, was effective. I didn't like them in that scene. Yeah, that's fair. It was the uh, the female executive, was she the female lead in Tommy Boy? That's, dude, I was trying to get to it, but that's exactly who it is. Her, her name is uh, Julie Warner. She's Michelle from Tommy Boy. Dude, shout out to Julie. <laughs> Crushing it. Yeah, she looked, she looked great, man. I, I, I knew I recognized her, and I meant to look that up, but... Those guys keep interrupting us. I'm sorry about that. You were saying about the... Um... Hey, lady, look out! There's a fat whale on your boat! Yeah! Free Willy! <laughs> Listen up, you little spazoids! I know where you live, and I've seen where you sleep. I swear to everything holy that your mothers will cry when they see what I've done to you. Every week we do a Faces in the Crowd award, and uh, she's one of the ones I'm going to award it to. Okay, every week we talk about our favorite lines or quotes from the episode. Entourage is an endlessly quotable show. Throw a couple at me. Which ones jumped out at you, Dave? Man, I'm going back to the drama well. When he just, All right. When he just busts out, <laughs> fuck anger management. Yes! Yeah! Victory! And anger management? Fuck anger management. That uh, yeah. that made me laugh. I I chuckled yep. at that one. Yep. It's just it's perfect. It's it's to be cliche. It was vintage drama. Perfect. Yeah. Right before that, he goes, "I'm officially a loser." And Turtle goes, "I don't know about officially." <laughs> <laughs> Ari and Babs in the Hamburger Hamlet like uh, conference room when he presents. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I present to you Miller Gold. Huh? You sound like a fucking beer. Exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Miller genuine gold. Yeah, I forgot how good of a character Ari Gold was and like how over the top at times and just like his entire aura about him. Uh, just when he's even walking into the restaurant, he's just such like yeah. a, he's an asshole. You can't take your eyes off of him, seriously. And his tie, his tie situation is so short. <laughs> it's just, man, I, I forgot like Jeremy Piven is just nailed that role i mean he won three emmys for it so he definitely got the recognition he deserved but yeah he was he was what essentially kept the show afloat in the first season during the meeting of the five families he goes you know what's interesting about that is that you use the words master plan and rat when talking about me you hitler loving anti-semitic cunt bag i can only hope that 50% of the power at this table is as offended as I am. Oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was going right at him. That was well done. Mm-hmm. That was that was a, that was good writing there. I, I did not expect that. 
he's got some lines in this episode that might not be great, but that's one of the good ones, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah, he he has some that are, you know, not necessarily compliant with 2019, but... <laughs> yeah, when we talked about this, like, you know, some of the lines he says to Lloyd... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't age very well, but uh, we still love that dynamic. Like, you know, it's just this push-pull. Like, as Lloyd continues on in the show, he just becomes, like, a bitter character. And, and Ari becomes begrudgingly respectful of Lloyd, which I really liked. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That was that. They always had, like, a, I don't know, a relationship that you could tell was, like, genuine. And I thought, I thought, it, I thought it played well just as for a viewer. Every week we talked about our favorite music in this week's episode of Entourage. We have a Spotify playlist called Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music. The link to listen to that is in the bio of today's episode. Any songs jump out at you from this episode, Dave? I thought about going and like looking at the songs, but I'm going to be completely transparent. None of them did. Like yeah. there weren't it didn't feel like there were a ton and I, I like some of the hip hop ones that they were listening to in the Escalade, I was like, "Do I know that? Is that like Exhibit or like drag on or something but i I, dude nothing Uh, to be completely honest nothing jumped out at me yeah no so some of the songs that were being played in the escalade as they're driving around were my house by lloyd banks and in my hood by freddie dibbs two songs that took me back to like you know early college 2006 freshman in his dorm jr like on the DePaul track team, like trying to fit in with my teammates essentially dude okay that makes me questioned my knowledge because i was a lloyd banks guy g-unit guy uh and i didn't even pick up on that being lloyd banks but he's yeah. a he's an underrated hip-hop artist in my opinion did you see what he tweeted just like two days ago i did not <laughs> i don't know if like uh, that's such an obscure thing to say but like <laughs> recently he made some waves because someone tweeted at him like lloyd when are we getting new music from you and he said, he like retweeted it and said something like, let's be honest, nobody's bumping banks anymore. <laughs> he just kind of like owned up to like nobody listens to me anymore, which was kind of sad. That is sad. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go give him a follow. Do it. Give him a follow. Check him out. He'll, he'll appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, he will. Did him on the podcast. Did him on Circling Back. I would 100% have, I'd have any member of the G unit. I'd hell, I'd have Young Buck on. I'd have anybody that was in any way related with, to them on that podcast dave when i was 15 years old maybe 16 my first ever paid job was at a footlocker in the suburbs of chicago and it was the year that the 50 cent g unit sneakers dropped (laughs) you should have seen the madness you should have seen the rush this was like before like yeezys (laughs) this is like the this is like the early version of the yeezy madness dude the the g unit sneaker was the original big baller brand Exactly. Dude, before. I think they were actually pretty quality, too. I don't think they were, like, garbage, like, Big Baller brand. God, dude. I, I cannot believe that, that that whole thing existed, man. That whole era. That was such, oh, it was perfect. Some of our younger listeners are going to have no idea, A, who G-Unit is, or B, what we're talking about. But what a time to be alive. There was not a lot of internet back then to entertain us. So No. They know what vitamin water is, though. So Yes, definitely. Okay, uh, so those are two of my songs. And then the final song of the episode was In My Head by Queens of the Stone Age. I like Queens of the Stone Age. Plays as Vince is telling the Hollywood Foreign Press to go fuck themselves. Like, moving on to uh, celebrity cameos. Every week we talked about our favorite or least favorite celebrity cameos. Um, I don't know, like, do you consider Eddie Burns a celebrity cameo? Were you familiar with his work before uh, Entourage? I was trying to remember, was he in Saving Private Ryan? Correct. He was in Saving Private Ryan. Was like one of his first big roles. Great character. Um, I couldn't. I was trying to think. Like, dude, did this guy just have like a hot 
five years and I don't remember it? Because I, I could remember how relevant he was. He was relevant from like 1998 to about 2006, but I think where he really made his name was as more as a director. Um, he directed the movie The Brothers McMullen, which was very popular, and he, he even talks about it to drama, about how like drama passed up an opportunity to be in The Brothers McMullen, so uh, Eddie Burns put himself in the movie, and that's what kicked off his acting career, so he kind of owes drama, which was interesting. I, that obviously didn't happen as Johnny Drama isn't real, but it was a nice little like, you know, wink-wink inside Hollywood reference, which I liked. Yeah, that's something I guess they're kind of known for, and I, I appreciate that as well. Hello. Johnny Drama, Eddie Burns. Eddie? Yeah, hey, look, I, I've been trying to get your number for over an hour, but nobody's picking up the phone at your agency. Uh, really? Yeah, listen, I'm sorry I had a bail on you today. I got an emergency, and I'm off to New York. So you weren't at your office? No. Christ, I was standing out there for like an hour. Well, look, I'm, I'm real sorry, but I, I want to talk to you about this thing I'm shooting. Hey, look, Eddie. I know I can do this. I know you can do it too, Drama. Truth is, I really just wanted to see you today to make sure you hadn't aged too badly. Aged? Me? Come on. I got carded at Barney's Beanery Thursday night. Okay, okay, Drama. So you'll do this? Are you offering this to me? I don't have to audition or nothing? Drama, you did something for me when you passed on Brothers McMullen. I didn't pass. Drama, come on. You passed to do a little arc on 90210. It's cool. I ended up having to put myself in the movie. Changed my whole life. <laughs> Awesome. All right, so I'll see you on set. Okay, thanks. Your other your other cameo I kind of spoiled earlier. My bad. No, it's all good. There's no real like <laughs> format to this. It's just like, <laughs> we just use the categories as like a uh, a framework, and then we just kind of go all over the place. Uh, Eddie Burns is married to Christy Turlington, former model. Do you remember her? I do. Interesting. Beautiful. They got two children. They're, they're a big Catholic family, according to Wikipedia. Christy Turlington, man, I'm, you looking her I'm, up? I'm, I'm not looking her up or anything. I'm not being creepy. <laughs> oh, right on, dude. Shout out Eddie. Yeah, good for you, Eddie. We always do like a Faces in the Crowd award, too. And we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the, the woman from Tommy Boy is the exec. There are a couple Faces in the Crowd in this episode. Do you know who I'm referring to? There are two pretty big names in this episode that have like two or three lines. Oh, JR, you're putting me on the spot. No, it's okay. I'll I'll I'll, I'll spoil tell it me. for you. Spoil it for I'll you. I'll tell you. So first is Ken Jun, Mr. Chow from the Hanover uh, series, and yes. then uh, Ben Chain from Community. He plays the coffee shop manager. He has literally one line to uh, to drama as drama is demanding his free coffee. But famously, Jun is a licensed physician. He has actually stopped practicing in favor of his acting career. And he currently appears as a panelist on the singing competition show, The Masked Singer. So cool to see him just like collecting a paycheck early on. What's cool about that is like he 100% like this is before he made a bid. He probably like did this cameo in Entourage and the next day was like in the doctor's office, like listening to someone's heartbeat with a stethoscope. JR, I'm about to fuck you up with something. Ready? Let's do it. Let's hear I it. Got a, I got another face in the crowd. Yep. Noted actor Andy Daly. Yep. I've got him in here too. The principal from Eastbound and Down. I do yep. remember him being in there. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. He's just one of the agents, like one of like the the gold agency like guys. Doesn't have any speaking <laughs> lines, but he's also been in Veep, American Dad, Silicon Valley. He voices something in Adventure Time. Like he's a bit time dude now. He's in a bunch of commercials. You see him all the time. Yeah, I think he's doing like CarMax commercials. <laughs> yep, something which, like which, that. Get that money handy. I love it. One hundred percent. And then the character of Rob Burbino. Rob Burbino's in the conference room. Terrence fucking fired him? 
I did not say the F word. My, I, we, I don't have a skill, a skill set. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't understand you through the whimpering, Rob. Why did Terrence fire you? Well, because he knows. What does he know? He knows, all right, they saw your name on my call sheet. Fuck. And they escorted me out of the building. And then they gave everybody employment contracts. They had to sign them by 5 p.m. this afternoon saying that they wouldn't work for you. What should I do? I don't know, I don't know. But just stop fucking crying so I can think, okay? That's played by Brian Talon, stand-up comedian and actor, writer, and podcaster. Brian Talon was one of the original cast members of Mad TV. He's co-host of the podcast The Fighter and the Kid alongside Brendan Schaub. He's had three comedy specials. He was in Old School and all the Hanover movies. Again, like, just kind of a who's who episode of Faces in the Crowd. I, I kind of love it. Also a uh, frequent guest on The Joe Rogan Experience. It's That's right. <laughs> I forget. Are you a big Joe Rogan guy, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may have forgot that about me, but yeah. You bring the bell. You got the bell. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I saw at the end that they had he was in the credits, and I was trying to remember where Cowan was. I didn't recognize him because he had a full head of hair back then. Yep, and he's really like kind of small, to be honest with you, in this episode. Yeah, now he's all juiced up and like lifts weights with Shab and stuff, so it's, yep. it's a completely different person. But he's, you know, he's on Entourage. He's like, he makes a reappearance. He famously gets like a LASIK eye surgery. <laughs> Ari like is too like sad and depressed about Vince uh, leaving him to fire Rob Rubino, and then he gets his mojo back and he fires him spectacularly. I do remember that. That's excellent. Were any references made in this episode that seemed a little outdated to you? Yeah, there was a, <laughs> there was a nice Carmen Electra reference. Which... Oh, yeah. I will call them back, Lloyd. Did you not fucking hear me? This is not a drill. This is an emergency. Well, who's going to man the phones? Fuck the phones, Lloyd. Unless Carmen Electra calls for an emergency titty fuck, don't answer man you talk about a late 90s early 2000s reference like that carmen Electra referencing her in 2006 is almost dated for 2006 it truly is that was a great line uh you could the tf line which it's yeah. just like you can say okay. it if you want but i'll, I'll drop in the audio <laughs> oh, okay just drop it in yeah i will you got it <laughs> but yeah that was it's always great to hear her reference she was like a she made me want to go to Spencer's Gifts and go to the back and flip through the posters and buy one of her. <laughs> that's that's a deep reference, dude. That is something every young man from the ages of 12 to 16 did. The Venn diagram of dudes who went to Spencer's Gifts every time they went to the mall to those who watch Entourage weekly, <laughs> it's it's like they just overlap. Yeah. It's the same dudes. If Spencer's Diff was still around, I should just like set up shop recording right outside. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that. <laughs> Drama and Turtle are talking in the car, and uh, Drama says, You know, Eddie Burns offered me brothers McMullen. True story. Then I took a TV show instead. Was that when you did your full frontal red shoe diary? No, that's when I did my three episode arc on 90210, sexually harassing Tory Spelling. Nice choice. Do you know what Red Shoe Diary was? Wait, was it Red Shoe Diary like a, a, a Cinemax or Showtime like late night sex show? Yeah, it was one of those like softcore like porn things. It was on Showtime, aired from 92 to 97. It was distributed by the Playboy Entertainment uh, Network overseas. So, <laughs> Yeah, that was like the predecessor for like real sex on HBO. Like, of yeah. just, like late night things that I would try to like sneakily watch while my parents like were in the other room. Cinemax. Oh, God, how pathetic my existence was. Dude, for every 
20 to 22 year old guy that's listening to this episode, you don't know how good you have it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so if this plot took place today, if like this was an episode of television that took place in 2019, would it be any different? Yes. Uh, I think the writing <laughs> would be a little Definitely. different. Sure. There's, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the insults might not fly. Maybe you'd have, maybe you'd have a, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how Ari would exist in the, in modern culture. Like it would just be he, like a toned down Michael Scott. There'd be a lot of lawsuits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, he'd, um, HR would have a field day with Ari Gold. I don't think he'd ascend to the level that he ascends to in the show if it took place in 2019. Agree. Um, but yeah, like overall, like I, I would imagine the concept of auditions, like being in person and everything, like that doesn't change, right? Like that's still how it's done. You know, honestly though... No, I was going to say, unless you know different, which you probably do. <laughs> honestly though, and I just was listening to an interview with Jerry Ferrara and he talked about how you don't have to be in person anymore to do auditions. You can do them over... FaceTime, Skype, video call, what have you. You can think about it. You can still take direction. They just want to see you, like, read the lines. And you. so a lot of actors now send in video recordings of themselves. I know in my day job, which is creating digital content for the internet, we have uh, actresses and actors audition all the time via video. So it's interesting. Um, These kids, man. These kids have it easy. They, you know, they don't have to rush across town. You know, they, Their car doesn't get towed. They don't get their free coffee. They just get to sit on their couches and send in a video. The coffee shop scene could have been taken out of 2019, though. Like, I feel like nothing's changed there. Yep, definitely. I won't give them the free coffee because too many people are counterfeiting those things. That feels very L.A., to be honest with you. Absolutely. Counterfeiting the the free (laughs) coffee punch card. So I think the entire plot slash rumor of, like, Ari taking on space and starting his own agency, I feel like that, if Twitter was around, would have broken pretty instantly and everyone would know about it. I think that's fair. The entertainment industry is A, very Twitter-friendly, B, very, like, headline-friendly, and C, just, like, very interesting. So, like, the second Adam Davies saw him taking off his space, Davies would tell his assistant, his assistant would tweet, I don't know, like, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like Ari Gold is, like, issuing a statement, you know? Like, yes, I'm taking on space, yes, blah, blah, blah. Like, this clandestine thing with the meeting, like, by the time this sit-down meeting happened everyone would have known about it already. I think that's the biggest difference to me. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. This is still pre-Twitter world that yep. we're watching. So, Yeah, and there's one more little thing that Turtle says when um, they're going up to Ari's office, and he's like, wait, so I'd have to wait outside the office alone? And Drama's like, yeah, come on, dude, I'm a laser. <laughs> they get up to the <laughs> office, and uh, Turtle goes, I'll be out here all alone. It's like, well, if social media was a thing you'd have no issue sitting out there for like 30 minutes because you'd just be staring at shit on your phone but you know turtle doesn't have that so he's just gonna sit there read a magazine or something god can you imagine turtle in a uh, a dating app world like just Ooh. flipping through bumble like just swiping oh man instead of like the the girl who approached him on the street when he was in the car that he was talking to and he's like leave your number on the on the windshield yeah. <laughs> it's like dude he's just he's gonna sit there like just swiping right like a thousand yeah. times in a row and all of his photos are going to be him with Vince. Yeah. Oh, it's genius. It, I thought that was kind of weird that like some girl just like came up and started talking to him and he's like, leave your number. It like, doesn't ever happen to him in the show. It felt like a weird like plot point to me. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I thought I thought that too. It doesn't. It never happened to me back when I was single. So it's yeah. Like, uh, my rap is signing a big deal this month, but I still have time to handle Vince as well. Oh shit! Excuse me. Can you leave your number on the windshield? Okay, we talked about all of our faces in the crowd awards. We talked about who uh, who our celebrity cameo was. Every week we give someone the sixth man award, Dave. So it doesn't have to be a man. It can just be like the person who shows up and makes good use of their screen time, makes use of their minutes. Who's the sixth man award for this episode for you? It's Barb. It's Barb. Babs. Absolutely. Babs. Did I get that wrong? No, yeah, no. I mean, Barbara Miller, and everyone calls her Babs, played by oh, Beverly Babs. D'Angelo. Famously, yes. she's... um. Mrs. Griswold. Yes, dude. I thought she was great. I forgot how good of a character she was. She is like a, a much-needed strong female in the uh, toxic masculinity world of Entourage. <laughs> she walks, She just kind of like walks into that room at Hamburger Hamlet. and. Hey, Babs, a Trader Skanks Anonymous meeting's next door. Let's talk. I can't believe that you set me up after all I've done for you. Ari, I needed to see your car. You've seen them. How much do you need? What? Come on, I want to be partners. Why? Because I believe in you. And because I can't work with my ex-husband anymore. No shot, this is my deal. Ari, you have no money and I have too much. So what do you want? To fuck. <laughs> Kidding. I want 60% in my name on top. I'd rather fuck. 55. 45. 51. 49. She just immediately starts negotiating. I loved it. Yeah, it was. no, she's great. They, they, they wrote her in well. Dave, you're a lawyer, and you've probably negotiated a, a contract or two. Was was this all was this all plausible to you, or do people really negotiate like that, just trying to one up each other? Does it just seem like Ari getting the last word and saying fifty one percent made it seem like he won? But that's not how it would really work. <laughs> With people like this uh, in Hollywood, in L.A., uh, egos just for days yes I, I i think this is this happens and like but the most realistic thing to me was uh when terrence's character said that he would spend 50 million just to not pay ari just in legal yeah. bills yeah that's something that happens like people oh, yeah. who have the means are willing to just they don't even care if they win they just want to tie you up in in court with paperwork uh just to fuck you and make you go bankrupt Oh, and you probably see it a lot in divorces where you have a rich man trying to screw over his ex-wife or vice versa. Absolutely. She's not getting a dime, so I'm going to make sure that like she just has to pay lawyer fees for the next 10 years or something like that. So, Sadly, that's a big part. If you have a litigation practice, then you deal with people like this all the time. And some people could deal with it. Some people can't. It's just... It's you deal with some interesting personalities and a lot of pissing contests. I can imagine, and this is like the highest form of a f- pissing contest at this table with all the heads of all these creative it's like agencies. The definition of a pissing contest. That's why I loved it. That's why it was probably my favorite moment from the episode. It's it's probably it goes up there along with dramas like Coffee Freaked Out as like two pretty iconic scenes from like this part of season three of Entourage. Absolutely. My uh, Sits Man Award, you're not a fan of him, but I love Billy Walsh, dude. I love Billy Walsh in these early couple seasons. As mentioned, he does kind of, you know, wear a little bit in like seasons four and five, but him just losing his shit about his movie being manified, as he says, is hilarious. He walks into the press conference, he sees the Queens Boulevard post. Ah, these motherfucking pieces of shit. I'm gonna fucking hit somebody. There's no fucking doubt in my mind. Politely, Billy, life is short. Go fuck your mother, drama. 
fought an iconic. I, I love the guy. <laughs> and I, I know we disagree on that, but that's what this podcast is for, for contentious conversation about Entourage. <laughs> we talk about the important things, man. We embrace debate here. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. Is Billy's character based on, like, a, is he like a, a Tarantino type, or was there somebody that they said, like, yeah, we kind of wrote him with this person in mind? No, actually, it's Wahlberg who has gone on the record and said that, like, he's kind of an amalgamation of all of those types, all of those, like, eccentric you know indie director types who he's like reluctantly making it bid like he he has no interest in being bid time or mainstream but like because of the quality of his work he's just kind of being thrust into it and he's not reacting well to it i think he's just a combination of a bunch of people tarantino is probably right up the top of the list uh for who that could be i think your um analysis of my billy take early on was pretty accurate because like <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it i do remember like how towards like the near the end, like how his character did get a lot worse. And I think I'm being unfair to this particular version of Billy. That's fair. And sometimes people, especially like guests on this podcast come on and they see a character who they have like a, a relationship or an opinion with. And they decide on this podcast that, Oh, I'm not a fan of that person because I don't like all the other episodes they're in. And so I try to view it as like, well, in this episode, he's kind of on fire. Some of his lines are fucking hilarious. You're right. He's like fuck commerce at the end. It's just it's it's great. Like <laughs> he just comes in and he like, sets the scenes on fire. Now, in my opinion, the star of Queens Boulevard, Mr. Vincent Shakespeare. Thank you. Queens Boulevard is a masterpiece, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in it or to sell you. I'm saying it because I really truly believe it. Unfortunately, you'll never see the film I'm talking about because these people up here, these execs ripped out its soul because like all studios in this town they don't give a shit about art they only care about one thing money commerce any questions yes great that was a great line definitely okay we are coming to the end here favorite johnny drama moment dave there's you've probably talked about it already yeah just him missing the audition and just tossing the papers in the air and just it was just like it brought back old drama feelings like oh yeah this is this is what that character does that's the good stuff um, definitely i i liked his phone call with eddie burns where he's like you weren't at your office either eddie christ i was standing there for like an hour <laughs> immediately like starts lying <laughs> it's great he's a great actor like he has to i love how drama when drama gets any kind of um praise or like something like he ta you could see like the uh, kevin dillon he takes it um he acts really well and like it looks genuinely like touched that someone like says something nice about like a performance of his or when someone's like, dude, I was a big fan or whatever, you know, you yeah. used to do it. Like you could see it on his face. It's, it's, it's good. It shows that, you know, he's got a heart. He's just so sensitive and so desperate for that, like acclaim and recognition. I get it, man. Creative types, you know, we're, we're sensitive guys. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Uh, so on that note, who besides Vince won the episode this week, Dave? Can I go back to uh, to the Barbara well, to Babs? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, she came out of nowhere. I completely forgot like that that even happened. Like I remembered her character, but I always remember her more as like a foil for Ari, and mm -hmm. I didn't remember that she like negotiated her way into that deal. So, yeah, no, I think I think she was a strong power player. If I definitely, may say. and then the Miller Gold Agency is the agency of record for Vinny Chase and crew for the next four seasons, five seasons even. It's not until the last season or two of the show when 
Ari is like debating about becoming the head of a major movie studio that that relationship falls apart. So yeah, Bab sticks around, dude. She's she's in the next four or five seasons, and she doesn't wear on me. I never once in my sit have seen her. No, she's great. Her and uh, Piven have a great dynamic. Definitely. I'm gonna give it to uh, Johnny Drama as the winner this week. He he gets the pilot. His some the great the meltdown moments are great. Like in terms of who won the episode, like that the definition of winning like is kind of a sliding stale, but. I think, like, in terms of funniest moment, goes to him at the coffee shop, and then overall, he he gets this this pilot audition, lands the role, and it turns into like a nice little career for him. I think that's fair. I think it's I I, I could have said either, but I feel like I've talked about drama too much. But yeah, that's that's a good response. Last two questions, Dave. Um, was this an A list episode, a B list episode, or a D list episode? And we can give plus and minuses. So I feel like this was a a big moment. Um, in the season, in the show, because you have, it, I don't remember how this plays out, like what the fallout is from Vinny just dissing the uh, the movie, but I feel like it's substantial, right? Like people don't want to touch him in the future. I don't want to spoil future episodes. Yeah, I think I, I would say it's an A list episode. Yeah, I think it was. I I feel like it. It's 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 uh it has repercussions. If you definitely will. definitely the last three episodes, and it's okay. You haven't been listening. You haven't been watching. I have obviously. The last three episodes were all kind of set up episodes for changes to come, and this episode definitely like indicates the changes are coming. So the next week's episode, huge episode, is the Vegas episode, and that's an A plus episode in my opinion. So oh, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to give this an A plus, but I will give this like an A minus B plus this week because this episode's got a lot of good stuff in it. And um, you're right, he's he's kind of he's not blacklisted, but like no one will touch him. So he goes to Vegas to like refresh himself, and then they end up getting in a fucking fight with Seth Green at a at a nightclub. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of a a culmination of like the drama angst yep. also. Yep, because obviously he has a, a pretty intense moment. Last question. I asked this of all my first-time guests. I asked it to Will. I'm curious about your your answer. If Entourage was real life, who in the Entourage are you? I feel like we've had people call in to uh, <laughs> Circling Back and actually do this for us. <laughs> I've been told I was E. Okay. Which, there's some positives there. I ended up, E's character, mainly when the Sloan stuff was going down, kind of wore on me. Sure. Uh, later on, but like... That's fair. I, I, I'm fine with saying E. Okay. You know, I I understand I'm not the Vinny Chase, but you know, E E carves out his own little niche, so it, it's I'm fine with that. Well, it's funny when I had Will DeFreeze on your your podcasting co-host, he said that he was E, and that's fine. Everyone sees a little bit of themselves in E because he's kind of the most down to earth, most grounded, and most sensitive of the crew. Everyone else is like very much a character study. You know, dramas like uh, kind of a has been and there for comedic relief turtle early on is just kind of there to like mooch and freeload and Vinny's kind of this vapid you know uh celebrity but as time goes on they all become more fully formed characters so that's okay he's fine so here's my last question and for the uh circling bat crew I asked Will you know who's who in the circling bat crew and he said I think I think Dave's got to be drama because of the one-liners and I think Dylan's got to be Vinny because of just like he's like the tall dark handsome guy who, oh my God, Mike is turtle. I mean, oh yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, he's definitely turtle. Oh, he's a hundred percent turtle. Like that's not even that's not even a question. It's kind of the perfect storm. Yeah, this is actually the perfect. Wow, that's pretty good. I, I was like, oh yeah, that's spot on. I'm trying to think about like the uh, implications of me and being drama, and like I'm like, you know, that's actually kind of fair. 
I'm fine with I'm fine with being a has been who just has some moments of comedic relief. He said because of your like kind of dry one liners, which I agree with. I completely agree. Like you're you're very pithy on the mic when they say that. Um, Thank you, <laughs> Dylan. Yeah, as Vince, kind of because he's a pretty boy, and Micah is just the perfect turtle. <laughs> that's that's a really good call. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think Will nailed it. I think in my head, like I want to be an E, like the level headed one, but like I know deep down that I I am a drama. <laughs> Well, this is a lot of fun, man. Thank you for uh, for hopping on the Entourage podcast. Yeah, this was fun, man. It was it was great. I I'm genuinely going to work some random episodes into my rotation, and next week's is actually one that I remember, like how pumped we all got in college. Oh yeah. So I look forward to watching it and listening to the pod and just hearing y'all's takes on it. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Where can the listeners of Oh Yeah Oh Yeah follow you and listen to you? Thank you for asking. At D Carter Ruff on Twitter and Snap. At DC Ruff on Instagram. Catch me uh, at Wash Media. Uh, at Circling Back Podcast. Check us out. Sunday Scaries, the mail-in pod. That's that. Great group of guys. I can't tell you how happy I am for their success. We're all we're all growing from our little uh, early days at uh, at uh, PGP. So uh, we'll definitely have you back on at some point, Dave. Maybe in person in Austin, Texas, or the next time you're up in wine country, why don't you swing by and we'll record? Dude, we got to get you on circling back again. That was fun. That was actually let's do it. I, I'll just tell people if you want to go back and listen, it was actually the Touching Base podcast back yep. then. You could find an episode with Jr. It was a, you, you were one of our better call-in guests. I will say. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, let's let's schedule something in for circling back. Definitely. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, Jay.